Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week we are talking about four films, three of them new. Count them! Four! What is the cat doing? The cat's getting in the bag. The cat wants your treats, man. He wants your delicious secret treats in the bag. Let her try. She's not getting anything. Oh my god. We're talking about four films, three of them new. We are talking about the new... Knives Out Mystery, Glass Onion, so we will be talking about the original Knives Out. We're going to be talking about the new Disney film, Strange World. Yeah, film! And we are going to be talking about the new Steven Spielberg semi-autobiographical... Oh my god, I can't say that. It's like his 8 mile. Yeah. Say that word. Semi-autobiographical? There you go. The Fablemans. (laughs) The Fableman. Before we get into all that, how you doing, Jordan? I'm alright. You're alright? Been awake for like an hour. Yeah, play some God of War. There you go. Yeah, now I'm here podcasting. Where else would I want to be? I, 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 I wouldn't rather be anywhere else in the world right here aww. than right here. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you fucking blow you a kiss. Oh, all right. Keep that in your pocket, bro. You know, this one's for all you listeners. Mwah! That's that's for all y'all. <laughs> you watch anything this week? Fuck. I'm- I feel like I did and also didn't. I, the only other thing I watched is something we both got to talk about at the beginning here, uh, is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. It's cute. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I was not, like, blown away or anything. I don't know, like, it, it's not something I feel like I'm going to think about in, like, a week, but, you know, it was, it was cute. It was, as, as far as some of this other Phase 4 stuff has gone. I, I just really liked how quaint it felt. Like, it, it, like, captured that Christmas charm really well. I love that. Uh, I don't know who they are, but my headcanon is that the band that plays in the beginning are just James Gunn's cousins or whatever. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we'll put them in. Whatever. Put them in the alien makeup. I like the, like, boxy animation that they yeah. do. That's cool. It should have been claymation. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, fucking, um... Yeah, I don't know, like, as far as, like, Guardian like stuff goes, it's good. I like that Drax and, and Mantis got... I think I'm more of a werewolf by night guy. I think I preferred that ever so slightly. I prefer this just because I like hanging out with my, my boys. Yeah. We them boys. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four. Three. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Uh, I watched Friday. Oh, yeah. You know, Friday, the movie with the Ice Chris Cube. Tucker and Ice Cube. It's a good movie. The damn! The that fucking... Yeah. You got knocked the fuck out! Yeah, no, that's the movie I followed up The Fablemans with. So... <laughs> there you go. There's something clandestine about that, I think. The cat is fucking with the D&D dice. I think the cat needs to get taken out of the stew. Cat needs to go. Keep, Sorry, keep, keep a riffing. Uh, uh, I watched um, Klaus officially kicking off the Christmas season with a with a modern Christmas classic. Uh, and, I, and yeah, I think, I think that's everything I watched that we aren't talking about. Klaus is so good, though. You still need to watch it. I do now. need this to watch it. This is a movie it. I've been like... I'm going to watch it this month. I'm going to watch it. I will rewatch it again with you. This movie... Okay. Uh, Makes me sob like an infant girl. Uh, sure. It's great. J.K. Simmons, Jason Schwartzman. It's such a sweet movie. And, uh, I think our friend Sam put it best. He said it's like if a, if a hot cup of cocoa was a movie. It's just a very like nice, 
cozy movie that, that's perfect for the Christmas season. Sure. Great animation, I think, besides Spider-Verse, it's maybe the most, like, unique-looking animated movie of the past five years. Sure. Like, it's, its style is really cool, because it's, like, it's clearly, like, 3D renderings, but they're meant to look, like, 2D and line-drawn with this, like, very expressive... But, like, the backgrounds are kind of... Are so gorgeous. Fucking, oh. Sure. Good movie. We gotta watch this fucking movie, dude. We'll I, watch it I, this I think you'll dig it. That's, yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty okay. much everything I watched. Uh, God of War has been consuming most of my free time. Yeah, so. Skyrim's been cl- con- uh, consuming How's my, that going? Wait, what quest are you on? I'm doing all the Daedrics. Whoa. I don't think I ever found every Daedric artifact. Skyrim's one of those games I never 100%ed. I just stop playing it when I get bored, and then I'm like, I'll come back to this. I'm sure I'll 100% it one day. Sure. Yeah. Um, you wanna you wanna talk about some films? Can we start with Strange World? You wanna knock that out? Yeah. Okay. Disney's mid, coming out mid November. Okay, so Fuck. <laughs> so Strange World is a new Disney animation. It is a science fiction. It's kind of like a play on like classic serials, like fucking. Uh... Flash Gordon type beat. So, so essentially, on their on their world, there's <sighs> there's this fucking they they live in this quaint little village. More like, more like, more like a Doc Savage type beat, I guess. Remember they were gonna make a Doc Savage movie with The Rock? I remember it just that. Never happened. Maybe for the best. Were they gonna make a? Uh, who's the fucking magician that hangs out with those guys? It was gonna be Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, they were gonna do like a whole Dark Universe thing with like the Phantom and shit. They were. That just never happened. Nope. Should have should have started with Seth Rogen's Green Hornet. A movie that sucks, but I kind of like. Yeah. So, Strange World... Yeah, anyway, Strange World. They they live in, like, this uh, village. Like, a quaint little village. It's, like, isolated. And there's a massive fucking mountain range to their their side. And they're like, there's gotta be something... Yeah, you know, over these mountains. Uh, So, so a a father-son, like, explorer duo go out to try to find it. Yeah. Uh, They don't make it. But like the dad, they lose the dad on the expedition. And fucking. But they do find this this like power source, this energy that they use to turn their village into like a utopia. Yeah. And now, twenty five years later, that power source is dying, and they need to figure out what's going on. So they gotta venture into the strange world to solve the mystery. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the ship was mid. Um, I I don't even want to talk about it. I was so bored. In the fucking movie. I couldn't sit still. So I can't even imagine how fucking eight-year-olds feel watching this shit. This is like... Okay. I, I, so... Every Disney movie from Tangled to now... Kind of plays the exact same. And it really didn't become grating for me... Until this movie. I don't know why this was the straw that broke the camel's back... But, like, I don't know, like, even, like, the good ones, like, Tangled and Moana have their, like, generic elements, like, where they, but, like, here's the thing. The difference is. In those movies, there's always at least one element you really care about. Yeah. The character or their relationship. The rock and the horse in Tangled, of course. Right, there you go. Um, hell, the, the central relationship in Moana and Tangled yeah. are both great. You care about the characters. In this one, the characters are one-dimensional. They're stock. And, like you said, it's, like... A checklist of these cliches. You have like the, the the strained relationship between a son and who who hasn't seen his parent in a while. You have him trying to figure out with his relationship with his son. You have the third act falling out. Yeah. You have the animal little weird sidekick that doesn't it's, talk. It's and, like, weird because like on paper, 
Yeah. I think, like, the whole focus on, like, father-son relationships in this movie is a nice, like, change of pace for Disney, who usually focus on, like, romantic or, like, sibling relationships. Like, that's different for a Disney movie. I don't know, like... Well, on paper, some a lot of this works. On paper, the just, env- and the environmental message is also something that I, I, I applaud I, on paper. I said it to you in the movie. This movie can't seem to wait until it's over. Yeah. It's just, it's very fast-paced, but not in a good way. Like, it, they gloss over a lot of important stuff that would have been good to see. Just, like, plot elements that, that I don't know, like... Scenes don't end; they just stop. Like a character will say, "Let's go," and then the screen wipes, and then and then they're there. Yeah. So it's just kind of like I don't know. A lot of there's not a lot of tension. Um, I, what is Disney's thing with not having bad guys in their movies anymore? They even make a joke about it in this movie. Yeah, fucking it. And that just kind of like there's not really an antagonistic presence for most of the movie. No. So it's just a lot of characters just kind of vibing in the goo world. And the goo world itself is pretty. Sure. There's some fun world building there, although the character designs are not good. Um, it's like Cal, Cal Arts bullshit. The fucking circle noses really Big piss me off. bulbous noses and shit. Um, <clears throat> it's just... There's there's barely anything to say here. It's, it's generic. Yeah. It's plotting. It's fucking... It's pandering. Um... The score's all right. It's like I, yeah, a rip-off rip rip John, rip, you know. rip John Williams score, but uh, it's all right. Well, that's what Henry Jackman does. There you go. Um, yeah, fucking uh, mid. Um, Dennis Quaid's good. Yes. Other than that, yeah, he is. Uh, he seems like the only one who's having any fun. Jake Gyllenhaal is just going through the motions. Like Lucy Liu is not good. Not good in this at all. She plays... Uh, a captain? Uh, uh, yeah. Um... And then uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's wife and son are fine. Like, they're present, I guess. Sure. Yeah, there's just no... There's no life in this. No soul. Like, that Disney magic. Like, any studio could have made this. Like, DreamWorks could have made this exact movie in 2004. But Jordan, it's their ninth openly gay main character. Is it really? Uh, no, I'm just I'm making up a number because I've seen that, like, yeah, Disney's, like Disney's first. Disney's very first openly gay character. Actually, it's their 20th. Yeah. Whatever. Again, they still can't say it out loud, though. No, they still can't say the word gay. Because, uh, I, I don't know, do they want to make money in, in China? Is China the way it's like gay people? China, Middle East? I don't know. Most, that, I mean, China makes more money than them. Gotta so. make that fucking, uh, that international fucking box office. It's That's okay, this bombed anyway, so. Ooh, yeah, it did. It bombed. Yeah, um, if you want to watch Strange World... Uh, watch Wait till tre- it drops on Disney Plus. I was just gonna say, watch Treasure Planet. I mean, yes, but if you really want to watch Strange World, wait until you can see it on Disney Plus. True. Not, not worth the price. Very true. It's probably there in like a month. It's gonna bore you, and it's gonna bore your kids even more. Do we care about spoilers? No, there's okay. nothing to spoil. Two and a half out of five. Yeah, this is a flat two and a half. Mid world, more like. Mid world. Do we want to talk about the Fablemans now? Yeah, let's- a movie that is not mid. No, it's not. Uh, right, g- so, g- give us a plot rundown. So Steven Spielberg graces the world with his Eight Mile, where it's it's the story of young Sammy Fableman, who's a uh, a young Jewish boy growing up in New Jersey, and it's basically just uh, it's a movie I like to describe as more vibe than film. Truly, like it's the, Spielberg just basically like capturing these moments of I, I assume his own childhood, but fictionalized for the sake of narrative. And basically just mapping his trajectory as a filmmaker and kind of 
the memories from his childhood that like spawned that and you know it deals with like the relationship of his parents Paul Dano and Michelle Williams and it goes into like his experiences and his encounters and all that and basically the events that I, I assume are based on things that happened to Steven Spielberg that yeah kind of shaped who he is as a person now. I said in my review, it's like life is a series of its of his most like potent, like powerful memories. It feels good and bad. It's I think I don't remember if I saw a review or a tweet, but it said it's like his licorice pizza. At one hundred percent, like almost serialized, like like just seg- kind, segmented. Just kind of snippets, like like they the movie's pretty neatly divided into three acts where they like move locations, like so so you cover like. All that, all, all that, like the idea of like him leaving and all that, and you know the changes that come with that and shit. Yeah, and it just it has such a. Um, this movie's great, by the way. Uh, it has such a magical quality. To I mean, it. that's Spielberg, baby. That's that's what he, I know. That's what he does. I know. Like through the moments of of like clunky schmaltzy stuff, which there are a few. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it takes a little while to get going, uh, maybe twenty minutes or so. But once it uh, does, that's crazy because I love the opening scene. The opening scene's great. Yeah, I, I like the first act yeah. has a little bit, but but once I like really get involved in the characters and 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 his life, little Sammy Fableman, it it just works so well. It and works I so fucking well. I think this movie well. will appeal mostly to filmmakers, people or artists in general, people who want to see someone at, at at the top of their game, maybe the most. Famous and respected person in their craft. Sure, I wouldn't recommend this to you. everyone. I'm, and I'm just saying, I'm saying, sh- like, like it's it, it's inspiring to see them go, like, be like, hey, here's the shit I went through, like, back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. you, we're all gonna struggle, you know. You're not you're not just born Steven Spielberg, you know what I mean? You got yeah. you got a dream and you got to work for it. Like, it, it's also, I think, one of the interesting cores of the movie is him reckoning with the two sides of himself, the artist and the scientist, yep. because Clearly, he's, like, a dreamer. Like, he's always said in quotes, I think, that, like, the plots for his movies come to him in dreams. Yeah. And then he will, like, go and map it out and everything. But he also has this movie shit down to, like, a science. Mm -hmm. Like, an algorithm. You know what I mean? And I think it's really interesting to see the influences of both those sides in his life. Because you you see that in his work. Yes. You know what I mean? And and, and it kind of parallels his his parents' relationship with each other. Where his Mm -hmm. mom... Is like good enough to be a concert pianist, but she she never went constantly, like constantly, like sells herself short. Like. And then his father is a really genius, like computer, like technician, mm-hmm. um, at the like start of that era. And yeah, it, it's just like it's the push and pull. Gonna tell your family in two. Oh, Judd Hirsch is so good. Judd Hirsch is, is in this for like one scene. He plays like a like a distant uncle that comes to visit. Every great. performance is great. Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen are yeah, all they great. they all knock it out of the park. A uh, little uh, Gabrielle LaBelle, who plays Sammy Fableman. Is it, he is... Ga- is it Gabriel? Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel. Gabriel. How's uh, it spelled? Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> Gabriel LaBelle, he is, he is so, so good. Yeah, man. incredible. So incredible. Great, great debut performance from him. Um, And it just... It's so sweeping and yeah. grand and poignant. On that Spielberg. It's all the Spielberg shit you expect, but with a degree of vulnerability and, and personalness that, an, that his other movies don't like have, there's I guess. A, there's entire sequences and montages entirely set to music, no dialogue. Yeah. Um, John Williams 
going off. Yeah, he's uh, popping uh, off. Really, and, and it's a subversion for John Williams, too, because the score is not, like... The score is not sweeping and bombastic. No. Like, it's a lot of just piano, just him tickling the ivories. Right. And a lot of it's diegetic, too, with Michelle Williams playing the piano and shit. And, like, in these kind of segmented stories and stuff, there's so many little side characters and mm-hmm. moments I remember. There's a whole subplot where he... Uh, it's about his, like, first big, like, real, like, romantic relationship. So funny and very funny, real very and... Yeah. Yeah, and then, and yeah, the whole high school plot has some really great stuff he in it. He runs into some, like, real prejudice for the first time for, for being a Jewish kid, you know? Yeah. At high school, and it's, it's, it's life, love, struggles, and triumphs, baby. Ending's great. We'll talk about spoilers, but yeah, the ending's perfect. If Steven Spielberg never made another movie, it would be the perfect ending. To yeah. It. it is his violent crimes. His fucking... Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and, and when you get down to it, like... What works about this movie, Spielberg, man, he, the way he fucking moves the camera and the way he, and he's, the way he structures sequences and. He's got it down to a science, man. I'm telling you, he's got, he's got a fucking algorithm that he's worked out. Yeah. Um, what the fuck was I going to say? I forgot. I had a point. Shit. Oh, I was going to say, I I just, I don't think any other director could do this but Spielberg because how many directors do you honestly give a fuck about like. How they grew up, where they came from. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that Spielberg has gotten to this point, yeah. not only in movies, but just in culture, like, I think, like, to the point where he has made where, people care. Where he can make a, like, self-indulgent therapy and, session. And, and people will love it. And people will love it. Yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg doesn't miss. For sure. The dude does not miss. That's why he's the GOAT! He's the MVP! <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry, I had to fucking uh, get that out of my system. Um, anyway, Fableman's four and a half out of five. This movie was awesome. If you all at home are sick of me going super specific, I'm still going to do it 4.4. damn it. You and your decimals, man. I'm not going to stop. Um, right in. Tell Kyle to stop. It's great. I still won't. 4.4. It's a great movie. Um... So, spoilers. Uh, yeah, we're, we're David d- Lynch is in this movie. Yeah, he is. For one scene. He plays director... Um, John Ford. John Ford. Who, uh, the, the movie... Um, earlier in the movie, he goes to see The Man Who Shot Liberty Balance, which is a John Ford movie, which is kind of foreshadowing to that. Uh, the movie ends up where uh, his family starts in New Jersey, and then he moves to Arizona, and then he moves to California, where at California, he's trying to, like... Write to like studios and be like, please give me a job. And uh, eventually, he ends up at CBS, and the guy just hooks him up and is like, "Hey, John Ford's across the hall. You want to go talk to him?" And then David Lynch uh, gives him maybe the best advice you could give any director. What does he say? If if the horizon is at the top, it's interesting. If it's if at the, the bottom, bottom, it's, it's interesting. interesting. If it's in, in the, the middle, middle, it's, it's boring, boring as shit. shit. And then he says, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> and then the final scene of the movie is Sammy skipping all happy down the studio lot with the horizon in the middle. And then the camera, like, roughly adjusts to put it at the bottom. It's so funny, man. Like, Spielberg going, oh, shit, yeah, fuck it. It's such a good joke, so funny. Perfect. Like, a, per- a perfect note to end this movie on. Like, it's, yeah. Like, it's heavy. Like, it gets into some shit. Like, Sammy kind of figures out that Michelle Williams is is cheating on on Paul Dano, her, yeah, her husband, scene. with Seth Rogen. Yeah. Whoa, would you pick Seth Rogen over Paul Dano? Um, in real life or in this movie? Both. In this movie, I'd pick, I'd pick Seth Rogen. 
in real life, life, in real life, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard question, isn't it? Because yeah. they're both kind of like nice guys. They're both just chilling. They're just chilling. I don't know. Could you hear it? <laughs> every that's day the, for the rest of your life? That's the thing. That's the thing. That might great. Well, Paul, look at Paul Dano's face. Leave him alone. Could you look at that Leave face? him alone. I, he, 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 his mouth is affixed to the Morty mouth thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where Morty does like the little, like, like the little droop. Like oh. that's just what Paul Dano looks like all the time. Paul, I know you're listening. We love you. Big fan. Batman was great. Imagine doing this as a Batman in the same year. Crazy. He's had a stellar year. Crazy shit. But there's a reason he was cast as the fucking Riddler. The only other spo- he looks the like only that. other spoiler I want to touch on is my favorite shot in the movie. It's during the scene where his parents announced their their separation, their divorce. Yeah. And Sammy's like watching this happen. He's watching his siblings all yell, and, and he looks up at the pulls mirror. Into like a mirror, and then his like ref- like his reflection is him with a camera like filming, filming it. It's, it's like, such a powerful fucking moment. Like, I, should, I, should I love it. He's like, I should get this shit on film. Yeah. Um. This movie's great. Yeah. Go see it. Go, go see, see it. this instead of. Literally anything else. Black yep. Panther, Strange World. Yep, this go is the best movie in theaters. Go see a real movie in theaters right now. Yep. Jordan, are you ready to talk about Mr. Benoit Blanc? The man, the myth, the legend, yes. The legend. Knives Out. Yeah. A quaint little film from the year 2019. Came out right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Perfect for the family. Show how bad they are. Yeah, or actually saying, compare your family and be like, oh, we're not uh, as bad. Know, my family isn't as bad as these assholes. So Knives Out is a murder mystery led by a detective named Benoit Blanc, yeah. who's like, he's a, he's a Sherlock Holmes type. Yeah, he's yeah, a super, yeah. he sees all the clues. And Knives Out is the, the mystery of Harlan Thrombey, who's like a famous book writer. Yeah. And one day he is found dead, and the entire family is a suspect. Yes. And the uh, the main character in the movie is the housekeeper, or her um, Thromby's like nurse, personal yep. nurse, because he was sick and old, and sure. played by um, Ana de Armas. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you get the mystery. Listen, Knives Out, great. Everyone loves it. I want to talk Glass Onion because I feel like we're gonna fucking have more to discuss about this. Okay. <laughs> oh, you, you, you want to just... Okay. Four and a half out of five. Knives Out is awesome. Who, who, do, who didn't see Knives Out? Who doesn't love this Shit, movie? But there's so many like, good scenes. Alright, fine. We're fine. just going to talk about scenes that happen in this movie. Just be like, oh yeah, remember that scene? Like, that was great. Yeah, yeah we like, rewatched like, it like a few days ago. Yeah, that was delightful. But let's talk about the real shit. Fine. Four and a half out of five. for Glass Onion. Glass Onion. It's another one. Benoit Blanc. He's back. He's solving more mysteries. He's on an island this time with a bunch of dickheads. Yeah. Ed Norton. Yep. Dave Batista. Catherine Hahn. Leslie, Leslie Odom Jr. Janelle Monet. Uh Julianne Huff and Jessica Henwick. Yep. Big stacked cast once again. They they've all been invited to this island by Ed Norton, who's like this rich philanthropist type, whatever. Yeah. Uh, to to compete in the solving of uh, his quote-unquote murder. Like, he's invited them all here for, like, a, a party for the weekend, but, like, that's part of the fun is they're all going to play this game. And as the movie goes on, you kind of realize that maybe it's not a game to some of these people. Maybe some of them really do have it out for Ed Norton as, as Benoit Blanc kind of uncovers, like... The, their past and like their mysteries and, and you know what their motivations what they all have sure. against him as, as bodies start dropping and you know it's it's a tag of the Christie type beat you know if, you, if you've seen Knives Out 
you you understand like the structure of how these go. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Glass onion. Yeah, glass onion. Yeah. Is good. Say things now. Okay. <laughs> glass onion was good. Uh, I it, it paled in comparison to the first one for me. I think glass onion is great. I think it's not as good as the first one, but I think it's closer than you think. Um, I, I, I gotta find things to talk about spoiler-free, because a lot of my problems require that, uh... Do we just want to give our writing and go into spoilers? Well, I can say a couple it's, things. I mean, it's shot well. Shot, well acted. Very well shot. Very well acted. The score's great. Um, yeah, the cast is, is completely stacked. I think yeah. the standouts in this one are definitely Janelle Monet, uh, Daniel Craig, and Dave Bautista is really funny. Uh, I give it to uh, Ed Norton before I give it to Dave Bautista. Ed Norton almost steals this for me. I think he's great in this. Duke don't dance with no pineapples. Duke don't dance with no pineapples. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you why he's not like a huge standout to me. Like when we get into the spoilers. Okay. Okay. There's there's a reason. Uh, uh, Ed Norton is great. Uh, Julianne Huff surprised me. Yeah, she was really funny in this. She's good. Always liked this. She's not in it a lot, but I like to. I always like to see Jessica Henwick and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's cool. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. and Katherine Hahn are pretty underused. Uh, they're good in it. Like they're good. Yeah, but the, I I don't know. Like, what what more would you have liked them to do? I guess so. Yeah, like they're chilling. They're they're around. All right. Um, so you know there 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 are some there are some members of the family in the first movie that kind of get short shafted. Yeah. When you have such a large ensemble, I guess so. it's kind of hard to make everyone feel useful. All the I guess time. that's true. Yeah. Um, spoilers though. Four out of five. I thought this movie was awesome. Three and a half out of five. So what is it about this movie that did not do it for you? That's what I'm curious about. Okay. So there's a major switch up about halfway through this movie. Yes. So you're having Daniel Craig, he's invited, they go through all the game, the game starts, and then Dave Bautista gets poisoned. Yes. Uh, he uh, is Which is a big reason he's not a standout to me is because he's just not in it a whole bunch. I guess so. Like he just, he, he, he's the first one to die. He is. Which, which surprised me. I thought, I thought that was cool, because like, I wasn't expecting that. But yeah, like, like he's funny. Yeah. I just wish he was in it. He gets killed, but he accidentally drank from the cup of Ed Norton. So everyone so Ed, thinks everyone's, someone's trying to kill Ed Norton. And then, because he had like the game scheduled to do certain things at certain times, the entire house blacks out. Yes. My favorite scene in the movie. It's very cool. There's like Fucking one lighthouse on the island that keeps like circling, so you'll have like one pass of really bright light. You'll see characters running down hallways. The shadows. And shit. Great sound design yeah. for this scene. No, that's that's... I think it's my favorite or second favorite sequence of the movie. We'll talk about your first line. And then it does something. So Janelle Monet's character gets shot. Yes. And and uh, Daniel Craig's devastated. He's like, we only one person can answer who killed her. And we go back in time. So you know what's funny? What? It sounds like this is where the movie loses you. And this is where it got me. Not, not, you know what I mean? This is, like, not where, this is not where it loses me, per se. So you find out Janelle Monet's character... She is not the character you thought she so was. So the character you think she is, is... So Edward Norton is like an Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos type. He started this like tech startup company yeah. with all these people. Um, and like kind of took them along and for Jan- the ride. And Janelle Monet is the one who like actually started the company. And then Ed Norton took all the credit for it. Janelle Monet, uh, what's her fuck? It's like Andy something. And, her, and her character Andy. turns up dead yes. of an apparent suicide. And so her twin sister, also played by Janelle Monae, whose name is, like, Helen or something. Yes. Uh, she goes to Benoit Blanc and hires him to go to this island. Yeah. 
and figure this shit out. And then Daniel Craig is like, you should impersonate your sister and he's come like, with me. This would be really cool. He's like, this, this is going to be... He's like, listen, be... I've been stuck in playing Among Us. Yeah, exactly. He's just played a lot of Among Us. He's like, there will be an imposter among them. That's crazy that he not only plays Among Us, but he plays it canonically with Stephen Sondheim, Angela Lansbury, Natasha Lyonne, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. That's crazy. But dream blunt rotation, for sure. This is not where the movie loses me. Okay. I like all this setup stuff. Yes. It's when you get to the island and they start repeating scenes. Oh, I didn't I didn't think they I added enough. That. I didn't think they added enough I think to it, the I, like, I thought context. it was I know I was like I thought it was so cool because like when it shows the scenes like because earlier in the movie, you're like, what the fuck's going on? And then it's answering all your questions. And you're like, ah, yeah, that's why she stumbled there. That's why. Because she's like because uh, she's like a school teacher. Like, her sister yeah. who died was like a big, rich, hoity-toity. Like, sure. So she's like trying to put on this facade and this act. And once that's revealed, then like going forward. She like, is the best part of this back half. Easily. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. Like, her yes. performance is so nuanced and really great. Once she's allowed to kind of, like, let loose, she... And I would never say that this movie is not well written. They set up... He, again, he's great at setting things up and paying yeah. them off. Uh, the, the, the payoff in the back half with the um, the energy sources is fantastic. I will say my, own, my only criticism with the writing and why I don't think this is as good as the first one is I just think the conclusion of the mystery isn't as satisfying. It's not bad. It's just no, like compared felt, to the first, which is also kind of, that's kind of an issue I have with the first one is just like, they both do the same thing. I, I guess spoilers, big spoiler here. Yeah. Edward Norton is the one who's like responsible for Janemone's death and everything that's happening. And both movies do this thing where they dangle the most obvious person in front of you. And so literally halfway through the movie, I turned to the person I was seeing the movie with. I was like, oh, it's Edward Norton. Um, and fucking, uh, and then they kind of make you not think that, but then it turns out it is the most obvious person in the room. And so, that works the first time. I also predicted that it was Ed Norton. Sure. See, I thought it was going to be Edward Norton's trying to kill all of them. Like, like a reverse Agatha Christie situation. Sure. Because he's trying to cut ties, because they're all like, Dave Batista's like a fucking uh, Joe Rogan podcaster, Catherine Hans a senator. Leslie Odom Jr. is a scientist, and they all are, like, funded by Ed Norton, Correct. who just has more money than God. Like, so they are all tied to and loyal to him. And I think that's a really interesting... I think that's really cool that they did just go with, like, another family right. in this, you know what I mean? No, no, I that's, like, that. a cool change of But I, I did have an issue with the fact... I, I noticed that, too. I'm like, man, this movie is the same as the first. A little bit, yes. Um, and, like, as much as they, like, want to, like... That's th- that's where all my problems with this movie lie. Every time it tries to do something that the first movie just did, I'm kind of like, oh. Yeah. But everything that's new and different like, is Like, there's fun is stuff. I like uh, the whole running gag with the Mona Lisa is really funny. Um, uh, fucking Ed Norton bought the Mona Lisa and he's yeah. got the fucking <laughs> case. Glass onion explodes. The, the literal end. glass onion. Like, so I, I assumed it would be like a metaphor for no. something. No, there is a, I mean, it is, but there is also but yeah. literally a glass onion on this island. He's built like this giant glass dome that yeah. fucking. The reason I, I guess I found that like the last 10 minutes not all that satisfying is I, th- I felt like the direction they took all of the other people. It is very obvious. You're like, oh, they're all going to turn their backs on I mean, Ed Norton. See, I, I found that and Janelle Monet's like tantrum, yeah, more satisfying than Benoit Blanc revealing the mystery. Right. You know what I mean? Because like, I, I think I explained it to Sam. 
the sat the conclusion of the mystery wasn't satisfying, but the conclusion of the movie was. Okay. Like the end of their relationships and like her freaking out and just destroying this fucking place. She starts like tipping over glass statues. She sets the Mona Lisa on fire. That's very funny scene. There's a fucking, the, the whole like conceit, uh, one of the plot points is that Edward Norton is about to get approval for this like hydrogen fuel that he invented. Well, he invented, quote unquote. And the problem is, is that it'll like go up in flames like that. Like it's unsafe, but he's going to pedal it anyway. So Janelle Monet, uh, Benoit Blanc, before he leaves, gives her some, because he got his, I assume he swiped it from Ed Norton, and she, like, throws it into the fireplace and blows the place up, which is such a great, like, and then you see the glass onion shatter. Yeah, it's really fun. They talk about the glass onion as this metaphor for, like, something that seems, like, complex and intricate on the but surface, but you inside. can see right through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, good shit. I really liked this movie. I don't know. Um, Listen, here's the thing. I like this movie. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's worth seeing. Yes. Um, if you can still catch it in theaters, probably not by no. the time this goes up. Uh, unless it goes for a re-release, because Netflix unless it goes is, for a re-release. Netflix is stupid. So dumb. But, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely worth seeing. I just had some issues that I, I think, uh, I think we have uh, some of the same issues, but it just affected me more. more. I think it is an enjoyable film that just pales a little bit in comparison to the first one. I will gladly be seated for like 40 more I'd watch 40 more of these. I hope we get a Daniel Craig is so funny in this. I, I, uh... I, I really like... We haven't talked about him yet. I really like his involvement in this story because in the first movie, he's kind of always on the back foot solving this mystery. Like, it feels like he's kept out of the loop a lot. In this movie, it feels like he's orchestrating the whole thing. Okay. Like, it, it feels like he's a bit more of a schemer in this one. Like, a bit... I, I love... One of my favorite scenes, actually, is uh, when he ruins Edward Norton's game early. <laughs> Just, That's a funny scene. He solves the mystery on purpose to, to throw him off. And and they kind of do this thing where, like, he's kind of dumb for, like, the first act, but he explains that he's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Where he kind of puts on, like, his southern himbo sort of vibe for, like, the first act, where he's kind of like, oh, my bad, I didn't mean to ruin your game. Yeah, like, it, oh. it recontextualizes the beginning of the movie when you get to the back half. Which is why I like that, because it, cha it changes everything. The writing is great in this movie. And you maybe, maybe didn't need to, like, go through the whole movie in the flashback, but, like, it's fine. That's not... Maybe maybe I will enjoy it more in a second watch. I think you will. I think now that you probably, know what to expect, I think you will enjoy probably. it. Probably. I think this is, this is a more than worthy sequel yeah, to Knives Out. Knives Out's, like, great, fantastic, one of the best movies of that year. I'm, I'm sorry we glossed over it, I, 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 but I just was really excited to talk about Glass Onion. Sure. Because I knew, because we both pretty much agree on Knives Out, like, we... Yeah, it's a great, it's a yeah, fucking it's, excellent it's movie. It's fantastic. Um, Ryan Johnson, still the man, directs the shit out of both movies. Uh, both have such great, fun set pieces. Like, again, like, honestly, the set pieces in Glass Onion might be better than the ones in Knives Out. Just, like, the, the whole scene where sure. it goes dark. Oh, yeah, because... It's a little... Clear. This one's a little more... Showy. Action-y. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. like where, where Knives Out is very, like, slow burn. Like Again, again, Johnson is a craftsman, and it's apparent that he knows what he wants. He clearly loves his Agatha Christie and shit like that. He loves his I Sherlock just, Holmes. I just think in this one, maybe a couple times he gets caught up in his own cleverness a little bit. Sure, it does. There's so, there are moments where I think this movie's trying too hard, but I think it comes together in the end mm -hmm. pretty well. Cool. Four out of five. Three and a half out of five. Really, really like Store scene. Really, you're not going to give this one uh, the specific decibel, huh? No, this is just a three and a half. Word. All right. Um, but, yeah. That's the episode. That's the episode. Holy shit. Holy oh, shnikes. Holy shnikes. Me when I'm about to come. Holy shnikes. I'm going to come. I'm, I'm going to come. If you like... <laughs>
If you like the podcast after that. Yeah, but I know you do now. You can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K R I E G H B A U M. And you can follow me on Twitter at J underscore Dennis99 or on Letterboxd at my name, Jordan Dennis. I- I- have I ever plugged my Instagram? I don't think I have. You can follow me on Instagram also at J underscore Dennis99. There you go. Uh, What the fuck are we talking about next week? Genuinely. No, fucking, I remember. Next week is the start of December. It's the start of Christmas ho, season. Oh, ho, ho. it's Christmas time. And we would, you know, we normally would be getting like a really fun, lighthearted Christmas exactly. movie. Exactly. We're getting Violent Night this year. Seasons beatings. Um, so we decided, let's talk about some violent, unconventional Christmas like, movies. Yeah, so we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Die Hard. We're going to we're we're talk, talk about, about Gremlins. Gremlins. And if we got the time, we might even squeeze in a little compass. Absolutely. Maybe. It's gonna be it's gonna be a way to ring in the Christmas season. Christmas time with the boys. So we will see you guys for that, but until then, take it easy. Peace.